If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. Anchor is free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you. So it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcast, and many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Welcome to In Search Of. I'm your host, Samantha Jones. This is a bi-monthly podcast featuring stories of missing people from around the United States. The following case is that of 65-year-old Patty Krieger, who went missing on Sauk Mountain. The case is spattered with ominous theories and tragic endings. Thank you for listening to In Search Of, Missing in America. You can follow me on Facebook, Instagram, or Patreon by typing the phrase In Search Of, Missing in America, or on Twitch with the username Help Find the Missing. You can also email me at insearchofmissinginamerica at gmail.com. This is a one-man show, and any donations are welcomed, but not necessary. You can also submit case information if you would like me to feature a story. ABC News article featured Dr. Brianna Fox, a former FBI agent and criminology professor at the University of South Florida. Dr. Fox said that the first 48 hours are critical because that's when investigators have the best chance of following up on leads before people's memories start to fade. Unfortunately, Patty Krieger has been missing for 10 years. I spoke with Carla, Patty's daughter. She described her mother as very scheduled and very responsible. When Patty didn't come to work one morning, that triggered co-workers to worry, as Patty only missed one day out of 18 years of working at a local grocery store. 
Carla also articulated that Patty was very meticulous with her finances. Here's a short clip from my interview with Carla. I feel sad for her life because as a kid, she was, you know, she, she supported my brother and I and sent us to a private school, you know, so she supported us and knew that it was important for us to be well cared for and she was always there for us. You know, she didn't interact a lot. Like, I, you know, we'll play games with my daughter now. And, you know, we never played games or did anything because she was always so tired from getting up so early. But she, you know, just in general, she's pretty, you know, there wasn't anything I could fault her on as a parent growing up. As I continued my interview with Carla, I did ask her whether or not it was out of the ordinary for Patty to go missing. Let's listen on. Yeah, she did very out of character. Like I said, the one reason that we got a call was because Fred Meyer called my brother and said, your mom's not at work today. She was, I'm telling you, she was scheduled. She was pretty much like clockwork. Very responsible, very, I mean, she wouldn't just miss a day of work, ever. As Carla grew up, she said her mother became needy and many of her relationships were unfortunately verbally abusive. In 2000, Patty married a man named Jason. The marriage lasted only six years when he died in 2006. Carla described Jason as seemingly immature and demanding of Patty. Jason would later become addicted to pain medication, which caused his erratic behavior and verbal abuse. I asked Carla whether or not her mother could have intentionally gone missing. Because as we all know, people do go missing on purpose. And that's usually due to one of two reasons. Either they're suffering financially, or someone is in extreme danger. Typically, men go missing due to financial hardships, while women will go missing because they're in abusive relationships. While most of the intentional vanishings were once thought to be men, now women are vanishing more and more. Let's listen further to my interview with Carla as to whether or not Patty might have gone missing intentionally. That's debatable. reason I say that, and you, and you know, I'll, I'll lay all this out there and you can do what you want with it. Um, the whole family says, no, she's gone. She's dead. Larry did something to her. You know, she's not coming back. But that summer, so she went missing in October when my husband and kids and I were all there in July. And we had, we were staying at his sister's house or my husband's sister's house. I'm sorry. And then my mom had driven down to Monroe to meet us, and then we drove in one car over to Leavenworth. And it was 100 degrees in Leavenworth. It was really, really hot. And my mom said, well, let's take the kids to the pool. So we went to the pool there, and the kids were swimming, but my mom and I were sitting there. She's super quiet. And I said, Mom, I go, what's going on with you? You know, you're super quiet. Something's going on. She's wearing long jeans long sleeve shirt, everything. I'm thinking, 
this is weird for her because it's so hot outside and she's no, no, I'm fine. I just, you know, something was wrong. I didn't know what. She never did say. But on her drive back from Leavenworth, she kind of out of the blue. We were we were supposed to go pick up her car and then drive back to her house and stay with her for the remainder of our trip. And she said, you know, I have to tell you guys something. I'm like, huh, okay, this is interesting the way she's saying this. She said, I just want to tell you that if I, when I retire, I'm going to be on a ranch in Montana. And I'm thinking, what? To my knowledge, there's no tie to Montana. There's no, she is city girl to the core. We, I grew up in Portland, Oregon. I mean, she went and shopped at Nordstrom's every weekend and, you know, always painting her nails. You know, she was feminine. She was a lady, much more so than, like, being on a ranch in Montana. <laughs> so, you know, we asked her and quizzed her about it a little bit more, and she didn't say anything about it. It was just kind of a very odd statement to be making. And I had a phone call with her one time. It was one of my first iPhones. She started texting me, and I texted her back, and she said, hey, is this, you know, your new fancy phone or something? And she ended up calling me, and I talked to her for probably 45 minutes, which was really out of character for her. Usually she was just a few minutes, and then, okay, well, I'll talk to you later. 45 minutes. And at one point in the conversation, I, you know, she goes, hold on, hold on. Heard a knock on the window of her car, like somebody was approaching her car, and was asking if she was okay. I could hear the conversation. She said, yeah, I'm okay, and you know, went on the way. But I asked her where she was, and she said she was, okay, so I, I don't know exactly where geographically it was, but she was in the middle of a highway where there was a, a pull-off lane somehow in the middle of the, the divided lanes, and she had pulled off in the middle of the road, kind of, to sit there and talk to me which I thought was really, really odd. And when I talked to the sheriff later in telling her this story, she said that is a behavior that's not uncommon to somebody that knows that it's probably going to be the last time they talk to you. Long answer to your question of do I think she could have gone somewhere else or went missing intentionally, I, I do. I still do. You know, and I was talking to my husband about this last night because I told him I was a little nervous about this phone call, but, you know, what do, you know, I mean, like I told you today, it's, it's all out there. It's not anything that, you know, people don't already know. But uh, he was saying last night, he said, no, I think, I think she got in front of somebody and left. I think she did. I was like, really? According to NamUs, the National Missing and Unidentified Person System, roughly 600,000 people go missing in the United States every year. Out of those 600,000, 89 to 92% are found alive or dead. That leaves approximately 8% of people who are never accounted for. According to the National Crime Information Center, Roughly 355,000 women were reported missing in 2010, compared 
to that of 337,000 men. No one knows what happened to Patty Krieger, and I don't think it's fair to speculate or make accusations. There are many theories that have evolved with this case, and that's just it. There are theories. As I said earlier, people do go missing deliberately. Often, people simply vanish due to mental disorders or addiction, and those people rarely receive attention from the media because of the negative stereotypes that go along with these things. It's sad to report, but in many cities, according to Fact Retriever, many cases regarding missing people hold a low priority because police are working on higher priority cases such as murders, rapes, burglaries, or assaults. Patty loved Jason during the six years of their marriage. However, when Jason died, his longtime childhood friend suddenly entered the picture, a man named Larry Presley. Larry had recently been released from prison for committing a drive-by shooting. He went to Patty and told her that Jason asked him to look after her. Now that we have discussed Patty potentially going missing deliberately, let's take a look at another theory, and that is whether or not there was foul play in her disappearance. I want to be clear that this theory should be treaded lightly on, because there is nothing worse than accusing someone in the court of popular opinion. However, speculations abound in terms of sinister actions against Patty, so we will discuss them. Let's listen in as Carla describes Larry Presley. I see, and I don't know how much you've heard, but so my mom, even to this day, if she were here, she would say she was absolutely in love with Jason. She loved Jason, and I think that was probably because he maybe wasn't as abusive. Um, but apparently... Jason was poorer as a child, and so they were always, he was always over at Larry's house because they were friends growing up, and Larry, at some point, had done a drive-by shooting on one of the houses, and so he was in prison, whatever, but when Jason died, Larry had just gotten out of prison not very long earlier. And he said, you know, he came to my mom and said, hey, you know, Jason told me if anything ever happened to him, I'm supposed to take care of you kind of thing. And um, so that's kind of how they got connected. Patty began a relationship with Larry Presley, and they later became engaged. As time went on, Patty began to confide in her daughter, about her relationship with Larry. Patty had found marijuana in a shed behind a wall and later found a gun on her property. She discarded the marijuana and gave Larry an ultimatum to get rid of the gun. My interview continues with Carla. Carla. 
it was in the shed, and their shed was, and it was just your standard, you know, big shed, but it had a, you know, just a, a hastily built um, frame that had a tarp over it, kind of like an, um, oh, what do you call it, a carport, and she said, I went to move the lawnmower, and there was a piece of plywood that was, you know, between the lawnmower and this framed wall, and she said, when I went to move the lawnmower, this this plywood fell over, and there was all this marijuana, like, hanging there to dry. And she said, I took it and got rid of it. Which is why then, you know, two weeks later, she goes missing. So, that I think that was a big part of it. And then she did find the gun, and she said, this is my property. Get the gun off my property, or I'll turn you in myself. And, you know, two weeks later, she's gone. On October 2nd, 2010, Patty and her fiancé Larry, with some friends, decided to spread the ashes of Larry's parents on Sauk Mountain during a hike. Surely the ceremony would have been an emotional one for everyone in attendance. According to Larry and his friends, Patty took off suddenly down a different trail away from the group. They attempted to call out to her, but she continued down another trail. Now, it's important to note that Patty had to wear hearing aids, and although she had run marathons in the past, she was not an expert hiker. Larry and his friends decided to leave and go to a nearby gas station for some food. They later returned to Sauk Mountain and called 911 when Patty did not return. Carla and I continued to talk about motive into Patty's disappearance, and I asked Carla if anyone had motive to make Patty disappear. Carla explained that many people assumed Patty was wealthy. See, Patty had real estate investments, however, she also had a lot of debt. Unbeknownst to many people, there were actually two Patty Kriegers. The other Patty Krieger was Patty's first husband, Mike Krieger's sister-in-law. She was said to have had ties with Windermere, and she was the one who actually had all the wealth. My mom had, when she was with Jason, Jason talked her into taking out all of her 401k money and putting it into rental properties. And... So they, she did. She took out all her money. She bought all these houses. And I remember Jason, one time he called me and he said, hey, you know, I have a question for you. you know, I, I really want your mom to give you guys your inheritance. What would you think about that? You know, I wonder, you know, she's got money. She can go ahead and give it to you guys so she can see you enjoy it while she's still alive. And I thought, okay, this is suspicious. <laughs> So I told my mom, and I said, well, you know, it's kind of an interesting thing to ask you. And she said, no, I'm totally aware of it. No big deal. So I think there was this idea all along in everybody's minds that my mom had a lot of money. And she didn't. She, one, one time we went down to visit, she said, hey, look, I have a million dollars in you know, rental property. And these houses that she owed on were 
total value of approximately a million dollars, but she owed 950000 on them. So it's like, okay, so in all of your rentals, you have $50,000 in equity? Speaking about motive, there are underlying innuendos that Patty may have been murdered by her fiancé, Larry Presley. These speculations are due in part because many people thought Patty may have stumbled into something nefarious. As I said earlier, Patty had found marijuana and a gun on her property and had threatened to go to the police if it wasn't removed. What fuels these theories is that Larry had been seen driving around in Patty's luxury car. Larry had a lengthy criminal record and there was speculation that he was part of the Hells Angels. Her safe had been emptied out and titles to the property were strewn about her home. However, it's important to understand that Larry and Patty were in a relationship so it's understandable that he would be driving her car. One could speculate that Larry was going through paperwork to tie up loose ends in her estate or take care of financial difficulties. Again, I think it's important not to point fingers or make unfair accusations. These are just theories. As I continued to talk to Carla, she said that her and her family finally gained entry into Patty's home, and she describes what she saw. I'd like to discuss another possible theory into the disappearance of Patty Krieger. The Centers for Disease Control state that hiking is the third most common injury in the wilderness. 
and that more injuries and deaths are attributed to hiking as compared to rock climbing and even mountaineering. Vicki Carroll, who is a wilderness first responder, wrote an article in 2017 and stated that the largest percentages of deaths attributed to hiking has to do with lack of knowledge, lack of experience, and having poor judgment. Just to give you an idea of how many people who have gone missing on Sock Mountain, in October of 2017, a Bellingham man went missing and was later found deceased on Sock Mountain. July of 2017, a 69-year-old female died on Sock Mountain while hiking when she fell 70 feet down a trail. In 2009, a teen mistook a hiker for a bear and shot and killed a 54-year-old female. In April 2017, a 19-year-old hiker went missing on Sock Mountain, but he was finally rescued. Sock Mountain is a 5,541-foot mountain summit on land which is managed by the Mount Baker-Snoqualmie National Forest. The mountain also accumulates quite a bit of precipitation, such as rain and snow in the winter. This creates an astounding environment for avalanches. The mountain is rugged and has craggy peaks and ridges. I can't help but mention Missing 411, headed by David Politis, where he investigates missing people in the national park systems. It's estimated that approximately 1,600 people go missing each year in our national parks, and I think that may be due in part to hikers who lack experience or grave injuries. After Patty went missing, rumors began circulating that Larry had given a refurbished Nova to one of the five people that were with Patty the day she disappeared, sort of as hush money. Another person who was on the mountain when Patty disappeared was Nicole Gardner. In 2013, Nicole committed suicide by hanging. Did Nicole take secrets to the grave with her? She left behind a five-month-old and a nine-year-old child. According to the Charlie Project, Patty Krieger is 5'2 and weighs between 105 and 125 pounds. The day she went missing, she was wearing a long-sleeved white shirt under a blue short-sleeved shirt a black sweatshirt with gray and red striped cuffs and the words Old Navy in red lettering, blue jeans, sneakers, a gold ring on her right finger, and a cross necklace. A photo of Patty Krieger can be seen on the Charlie Project website. While there are speculations that there was foul play, authorities did state they had no evidence of foul play in Krieger's disappearance. However, her case remains unsolved. If you have any tips or information regarding this case, please contact the Skagit County Sheriff's Office at 360-336-9450. Thank you for listening to In Search Of. Until next time.